We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entering the Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2020 Week 2 Rankings Update, Injury Report, and DraftKings Ownership. You want to skip to what you want to hear about? Just look down into that description. You'll find it in the video or podcast, as you will. The Pat Mayo Experience DraftKings Listeners League link around 500 spots. Still available right now, $15 to play, three max entry, no rake. Best tournament on DraftKings. Get your ass in the tournament. Let's fill this up. We make it bigger for the next week. And we're good to go. The earlier you can actually reserve your spot in the Pat Mayo Experience Open will dictate how big it's going to be for the next week. It's only 3,000 spots this week. It's going to fill, obviously. But if we fill it faster, then we'll get back up to 35, then 4,000. It's all rake-free money. Who doesn't want to play on DraftKings for rake-free money? Also, all the other content from the week is in the description of this video and podcast. If you are watching this, well, after the fact, I guess you've missed the show, although you can go watch it on demand. I am live every Friday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, talking to three DraftKings pros. So you have me asking my stupid questions and them telling me, hey, Mayo, you're a moron. You want to actually do this? Because I play $25,000 a week, and this is what I'm doing. Not me. This is what they're doing. Uh, So I just get to bounce ideas off of them. That's all at ftndaily.com. Use code Mayo to go sign up right now. Let's jump into these injuries. Uh, CJ, secret of the Uzuma. Last time I'm going to have to say that this year because he blew out his Achilles. He is done for the year. So you got your touchdown out of him. That was nice on Thursday night, but now you cannot use him ever again. Well, maybe next year. We'll see. Uh, For the actual injuries right now, Kenny Galladay is not 
playing for the Detroit Lions this week. Not great for that offense. Expect a boost from TJ Hawkinson. Uh, Marvin Jones just tends to get the same share that he always gets. It's not like his market share drastically improves without Kenny Galladay around. He's a good play, but at the same time, don't expect the world from Marvin Jones. He's a wide receiver three this week. The big one who benefits just like last week is Quintez Cephas. Ten targets last week. Deep downfield saw 24% of Matt Stafford's targets. Uh, He is super cheap on DraftKings. He needs a streaming option at wide receiver. It's not safe by any means but it is ripe with upside especially being six point underdogs you expect a lot of pass volume in that game Uh, unlike last week where the Lions jumped out to a lead then they started running this week they're expected to play from behind so Quintez Cephas it's a good name you gotta gotta go with a good name but super cheap if you're looking for a punt on DraftKings Amari Cooper is dealing with a foot injury he says that he is going to play, so you might as well play him, obviously. Uh, I bumped him down a little bit in the rankings, bumped up Gallup and bumped up Lamb, but at the same time, you're just playing everyone. from That is the game of the week to go stack on DraftKings, use all of your guys. From If you drafted Falcons or if you drafted Cowboys, uh, I don't see why you wouldn't play them in the highest projected over-under point total game of the week. That's just me, though. That's, that's just my galaxy brain thinking on that one so use those guys Mike Evans will play with his hamstring injury this weekend Chris Godwin may or may not play Bruce Arian says he is doubtful although he has been practicing he still has not passed officially concussion protocol he does not pass that protocol he does not play this weekend at Carolina which opens up some interesting values so you have Scotty Miller who's still going to get some run anyway on this team but his role would be increased and he'd probably end up playing the slot which is more valuable to him if Chris Godwin doesn't play and that would move Justin Watson to the outside both become interesting like I said flyers I like Miller more than I like uh, Watson but at the same time uh, both are very cheap on DraftKings you can find yourself differentiating that way I'm just not a huge I like this offense against Carolina the problem is Mike Evans is probably the play I still just there's just something with Tom Brady and Mike Evans that just I don't know if it was the injury last week they're talking about they need to go to him more maybe there's just not a connection there it probably doesn't matter against Carolina because their defense is so bad but there's just a lot of mouths to feed in that offense until they really solidify who those guys are I find it hard to trust any of them as elite options so I mean Godwin was the one guy I was going to trust and he might not play if Godwin plays you play him Evans you're going to play anyway the other guys It would be Miller if you have to. I wouldn't be going out of my way to go jam him into my lineup, though. Uh, Corey Davis is going to play for Tennessee. A.J. Brown will not play. That means Khalif Raymond is going to get in the game. Deep play threat. We know off play action last year. We saw him a few times. Then Hump Daddy. Hump Daddy never vomits. But he will be playing a considerable amount of snaps against the Jags. Problem again is Corey Davis going to be very popular on DraftKings based off his Monday night because his price wasn't adjusted because the pricing came out before the Monday night game. But at the same time, like this is just shaping up to be Derrick Henry, 35 carries on the ground. They're double-digit favorites against the Jags. The Jags have zero run defense. This is a situation where you might talk yourself into what on paper looks like a good play, but there just might not be the pass volume that goes along with it. If Tennessee doesn't reach the same efficiency level as they did towards the second half of last year when Ryan Tannehill first took over, there just not might be any opportunities to go around. Janu would be the one guy, Janu Vision, in this offense that I would be going with. But other than that, I mean, Davis is a fine play, like a wide receiver three play, but don't talk yourself into thinking like, oh, he's a top 10 option this week. He's not. Straight up, he's not. I mean, he could 
get there. You could have like eight catches for two touchdowns. I just think that happens to be pretty unlikely. Still Corey Davis. Remember that. Golden Tate, questionable game time decision against the Bears this week. Uh, if he gets back into this offense, you have to bump down Shepard. You have to bump down Slayton. You have to bump down Ingram. Again, it's just a situation where there's just more mouths to feed in this offense where you just don't know where the ball is going to go. For me, uh, in the pecking order for the Giants, it's going to be Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Golden Tate. But on any given week, that could just be jumbled. So beware of that going into the game. If Tate sits, uh, the Giants receiving options, you know, with everything more concentrated, actually become decent plays. Uh, both Slayton and Shepard would be top 40 options for me at wide receiver, while Evan Ingram would be a top 10 option for me this week. James Conner. James Conner. He is going to play this week. That's uh, not great news for everyone who wanted to use Benny Snell or went and used all their waiver wire budget on Benny Snell. Benny Snell is 4,500 on DK. James Conner is 6,800. It's a decent matchup, but I legit don't know how this is going to shake out. If you told me at the end of the week, Benny Snell ends up with, I don't know, 80% of the snaps, 80% of the carries. I'm not going to be super stunned. If James Conner ends up with 80% of the snaps and 80% of the carries, a little bit of work in the receiving game, I'm also not going to be fucking stunned. So this is just a situation to avoid to me. Like, if you have the stones to do it, go for it. They're both going to be super low owned on DraftKings. In, in, in your season long lineups, like, I have a ton of James Conner. I'm actively looking not to play him this week. I have him as a flex play, a wide running back number three. I do have him ranked over Benny Snow. He's off the injury report. There's another bit to this too. Pittsburgh's going to be down both their starting guards this week, so maybe a lack of cohesion in the run game just might, to, might lead to more passing. Everyone just staying away from this game on DraftKings. I think if you really want to attack it, you go, Ben, you go Juju, and you go Deontay Johnson. That might be the proper way to play this and just throw all over the Broncos who were down A.J. Boye in this game. Miles Sanders practiced in full for the Eagles. That is great news. Jam him back into your lineups. Alshon is out of this game. Once again, he's been officially ruled out. That leaves Jalen Ragor on the outside. That leaves Deshaun Jackson on the outside. Uh, here is the problem, though is both these are tough matchups, regardless of what side you're on uh, against the Rams. And you know, where do you attack the Rams? You attack them down the center of the field, both tight ends, and Miles Sanders should be the ones doing most of the damage. It would be regular for me if I was going to take a shot on DraftKings, just the air yards for both of them were off the charts, but it does look like Ramsey is going to be on Jackson most of the time. And if you really want to get a deep dive into the wide receiver and cornerback matchups, Jeff Radcliffe has it all on a very easily sortable table up on ftndaily.com. Again, code Mayo if you want access to this information. There's so much information up there. Optimizers, lineup generators, the cornerback, wide receiver matchups, ownership projections. It's all up there. Code Mayo gets you the discount, ftndaily.com. But his top three graded best matchups of the week from four wide receivers against bad corners, Devontae Adams, Allen Robinson, and Mike Evans. Uh, if you were wondering, uh, if you needed more reason to go play Devontae Adams, there it is. Jamison Crowder is out for the Jets. They're fucking pathetic. That means Chris Hogan, Brashad Perriman, and Braxton Berrios are going to be the receivers against the Niners this week. That basically just spells good news for Chris Herndon. He set a tied career highs last week in targets and receptions. I don't see why they wouldn't try to pass to him a hundred times this week he's $3,400 on DraftKings sure he'll be popular but he has a very high floor put it that way he's a top 10 tight end for me this week in the season-long rankings from that game George Kittle out 
Also, I guess uh, the injury is more severe than they thought. They needed that game against the Cardinals, so they threw him back in. Injury is more serious. Now they're playing the Jets. They're seven-point favorites. I mean, don't overlook the Jets. They do have a pretty good run defense. If there's one thing that they do, the rest of their team sucks. But, you know, other than that, not bad. Brandon Ayuk is expected to play against the Jets this week, though. It's funny with Jimmy G. No one's going to use Jimmy G, despite the fact that the Jets had basically the worst pass defense in the league. I don't know exactly who he's going to be throwing to. I guess Jordan Reed is starting at tight end. You're going to have Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne. Maybe they'll throw to Jarek out of the backfield. But... I'm trying to figure out a way to play Jimmy G and talk myself into it. All I see is great matchup. And if you just think that they're going to run the ball down the throats of the Jets, like I said, just go look at the Bills running backs from last week. Yeah, Zach Moss caught a touchdown, but Singletary and Zach Moss were both pretty ineffective on the ground. They can stuff the run. That's what they do. So Moss start, he might get stuffed. Tevin Coleman expected to play more this week because the air quality. Whoever would have thunk that the air quality in New York would be better than anywhere out West, but hey, it is right now. So Coleman uh, and his sickle cell trait will be unaffected in New York. Uh, so expect him to see some more reps this week uh, as well. So Mostart value down. Coleman, I'm not saying use Coleman. It just kind of affects the overall baseline of floor of Raheem Mostart. Plus, it's not a great matchup. So watch out for him this week. Uh, the Cardinals, Max Williams. Max with 2X. Williams, make it 3X, Max. Oh, you got time on your hands because you're not playing this week. Tarzan Dan Arnold should see some more run against the footballs uh, in Arizona at tight end. Um, you know, you're not starting Dan Arnold. Maybe if you lost CJ Uzuma, you need some Dan Arnold, but you probably already played Uzuma this week, so it doesn't really matter for this week now, does it? Uh, Devontae Parker is going to be a game-time decision against the Bills. That could severely affect the value of Preston Williams this week. Is Tredavious White's going to lock down one of these guys? And if Parker plays, it's probably White on Parker, allowing Preston Williams to go free. Maybe it's not. I mean, Stephen Gilmore ended up on Preston Williams last week, so maybe Parker is a guy that you can actually go back to. Uh, but if there's no Parker, downgrade Preston Williams. Uh, and, I mean, the Bills are down some linebackers, but it's going to be really tough for the Dolphins to move the ball this week, even in a Fitzmagic revenge scenario. But that's lost its luster because he has a revenge game every second week because he's played for fucking half the teams of the league. What else do we got here? Michael Pittman, the Colts receiver, injured his toe in practice on Friday. So he is now a game-time decision. Jack Doyle, he's out for the Colts this week. That means Paris Campbell, the Frenchman, he is going to see an incredible amount of snap share. T.Y. Hilton, as long as he doesn't drop the ball this week, appears to like he's a decent option. And for those streaming options, a guy I like better than Dan Arnold, Mo Alicox. Uh, he's the last man standing. Burton's out. Doyle's out. You have Mo Ali Cox. If he gets involved in this offense, then here we go. Um, I mean, Jonathan Taylor is the play, and so is Naheem Hines. If you go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now, 56 and a half is the rushing total prop. Minus 115 for the over for Jonathan Taylor. That just seems abnormally low to me. Maybe I'm being trapped by this entire thing, but he is shaping up to be the highest owned running back on DraftKings this week for his price at $5,700 against the Vikings. There's no Marlon Mack. Obviously, it's a two-headed backfield, but he is the one who's going to dominate the carries over Naheem Hines. Plus, he's going to chuck in some in the receiving game, too. He's a great play. Uh, I'm trying to find ways not to play him and eat all that chuck, but I might just eat all the chuck. He might be like 40% owned. Don't care. He might be 80% owned in cash games, for all I know. Rookie K.J. Hamler is expected to play some for the Broncos, but not a lot. Cortland Sutton, a game-time decision, and Philip Lindsay is out. But it's all against the Steelers, so it's not like, oh, go start Melvin Gordon because Philip Lindsay's out. Now, you, you basically don't want to play anyone against the Steelers. This defense is amazing. And Melvin Gordon kind of reeks, so there's that. So watch out for him. Don't think that he's a great play all of a sudden because uh, he has basically the worst matchup of the week. 
Duke Johnson and his ankle injury from the opening Thursday night game against the Chiefs is trending towards playing. You can bump down David Johnson a little bit. You were initially able to pencil David Johnson to like 85, 90% of the snaps. With Duke Johnson on the field, that's probably going to drop to like 75, between 65 and 75% of the snaps, which will hurt his overall baseline, uh, especially in a game where you need him to pile up receptions. They're seven-point dogs at home against the Ravens. The Ravens have an amazing secondary, but there's going to be a lot of opportunity to pass to running backs with Duke Johnson on the field, or at least able to be on the field. You're just going to see less of David Johnson hurting his overall volume. So he's still a decent play, like a running back, low-end running back two type play, because he might end up scoring a touchdown, getting those goal line touches. But you're going to need to, you're basically going to need him to have four to six catches in this game to really return value for you, which is possible. Uh, but it was far more plausible when Duke Johnson wasn't going to play. Uh, Brandon Cooks also likely to play as well. Again, if you go to FTNDaily.com, code Mayo, and look at those wide receiver cornerback matchups, you will find the three most difficult matchups of the week for wide receivers you're thinking about playing dk metcalf is likely to draw stephen gilmore that's not good brandon cooks is likely to draw jimmy smith that is not good Nikhil harry is going to draw shaq griffin more than likely also not good those would be the three worst rated projected matchups of the week again if you want to go look at the entire tool highly recommend it's a fun tool to play around with too uh and you get access to it at ftndaily.com code mayo along with all of the other tools that come along with it Justin Jackson and his quad is doubtful for the Chargers against the Chiefs. That means we're going to see more Josh Kelly, probably in the red zone to hurt Austin Eckler's value. Fun times. Then we have no setbacks for Mike Williams in week one with his AC joint. There's going to be talk about Scotty Miller down in that DraftKings range at like 4100 bucks. I'd much prefer Mike Williams at $4,200. Pass happy script as giant underdogs against the Chiefs. And Mike Williams has a history of beating up on the Chiefs. I don't know if that was like a Rivers thing or not, but he's just his size is a bad matchup for Kansas City, who are generally pretty good deep down the field, but missing two members of their secondary this week. So watch out for Mike Williams. The sneakiest stack of the week, when I run like the optimizer, the the lineup that it spits out for me to jam in the the Henrys and the Zeeks and the Devontae Adams, it's Tyrod, Mike Williams, and Hunter Henry. That is terrifying to think of. Uh, But generally, those end up being the best DraftKings lineups when it comes down to it. So here's the big one. Monday night, Henry Ruggs hasn't practiced all week. He's dealing with a knee injury. Michael Thomas was ruled out for like multiple weeks. Then Adam Schefter says, hey, Michael Thomas is back at practice. He could go on Monday night. Uh, I would doubt that he ends up playing, but Saturday practice for the Monday night games is what will tell the story. So if both those guys practice on Saturday, they're probably both going to play. They both miss practice on Saturday, probably not going to play. So if you're holding out for Michael Thomas, which didn't seem conceivable 24 hours ago, uh, but you know if he has a chance of playing, even if he's a decoy, you probably still want to play Michael Thomas against the Raiders. Uh, and even Ruggs, like Ruggs was you know primarily like the first like quote unquote handcuff. Uh, if you can get away with it, and you have a flex spot open, you move both those guys if you're considering playing them into your flex, and then have backup options. The backup options that make the most sense this week uh, are probably Hunter Renfro, who would get some more run in this game, because you would assume you'd have Brian Edwards and Tyrell the Gazelle Williams on the outside. Lattimore will lock down one of them. That leaves Waller, who's already owned. You can't go pick him up. And Edwards, who you can go pick up uh, somewhere, and Renfro in the slot. Uh, Renfro and Edwards are probably the two most likely options 
options to be available. And you're like, and so is Tyrell Williams, but who knows what he's up to these days. Not much is what it is, especially from a fantasy perspective. On the other side, Traquan becomes the best pickup, especially if Michael Thomas doesn't play, but he was the most active waiver wire pickup at receiver from this game that he might be gone in your league if you're looking to play him. So those are just a few of the different options, at least if you move him to your flex that opens up like Latavius Murray if you need to play him Jared Cook if you need to play him the island of Foster Moreau who I would not recommend playing but he would be widely available if you had to squeeze someone into that spot Rocket Richard in a positive game script where you expect them to be down for a lot of the game I mean he's an anti-vaxxer in times like this you know the people don't want to be near him so they might just let him run to the end zone for all I know but those would be your options if you move him to the flex it's not an ideal scenario obviously but these are the prices that you have to pay when you're waiting for these guys in a Monday night game and there's only one Monday night game this week Them's the breaks. DraftKings ownership this week, when we're looking at it, um, the four projected highest owned kind of across all levels at running back, Jonathan Taylor, going to be the highest owned guy. Then it's going to be Henry and Elliott and Ronald Jones. Because Benny Snell is no longer garnering all this ownership because of James Conner, everyone's just kind of moved up to Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is in an ideal situation here. However, it's still a three-headed backfield. Uh, Shady McCoy got a ton of run last week for whatever reason, and Fournette was starting to work his way in. Now, Jones dominated the ball on the ground. If he dominates the ball on the ground again, he's going to be an excellent play against one of the worst run defenses in the league. And he's a really nice price as well. He's $7,200, but and people might go on to Melvin Gordon now without Philip Lindsay around. I would recommend not doing that. The guy, the two guys that I actually like in this area, one is DeAndre Swift, it, just because of the goal line work that he got last week and his work in the receiving game. I mean, that drop aside, but there's a reason that he's out there running routes. He's the receiver they want to throw to. That projects to be a positive passing script for him. No Kenny Galladay. I can see that working. The one I really like, though, Zach Moss against the Dolphins. Dolphins run defense sucks. Uh, and Zach Moss, well, he was outsnapped by Devin Singletary last week. The valuable touches all went to Zach Moss. He had seven carries inside the 20-yard line last week against the Jets. And I had already said, you know, the Jets... Pretty good run defense. Hard to do anything against them. However, not the case for the Miami Dolphins. So if you're looking for someone down there who has potential multi-touchdown upside, that's the guy that you need to go look for right now. It could be an absolute flameout, but if he can somehow get like 45 to 50% of the carries and Josh Allen or, and Josh Allen doesn't sneak the ball in from the one and steal his touchdowns, he's going to get a chance to score against the Dolphins. So if you're looking down in this area, I'd say that he's one of your better bets to score a touchdown. He's pretty cheap and no one's going to use him. So that would be my pivot off of those guys. If you want to pivot up, it's probably Barkley, to tell you the truth. Uh, 8400 bucks, good matchup against the Bears. He's going to get all the run. Everyone just watched him on Monday night suck. Um, and everyone's using Elliott and Henry. Both McCaffrey and Barkley, people aren't using, which is just stunning to me. Uh, it makes sense because I, I like Elliott and I like Henry too. But if you're going to pivot anywhere, pivoting onto good players rather than be like, well, this guy is good and he's a good price i'm gonna take the shitty guy next to him probably not the best move if you can pivot onto someone like saquon barkley or clyde edwards hilaire or dalvin cook off of the chalk that actually has a much better chance of working out for you put it that way it's just like todd Gurley. todd Gurley is the one piece of that falcons cowboys game that no one's on it's funny I get it, because everyone thinks that's going to be such a pass-happy game, but what happens if Julio, who's dealing with a hamstring injury, by the way, likely to play him or Ridley or Hurst or Gage, they get tackled at the one-yard line? What happens then? 
What if it happens three times? Then all of a sudden there's three girly touchdowns at 2% ownership in the millionaire maker. So that's what I would be looking for there. At wide receiver, uh, pff, listen, uh, everyone's going to be using the very expensive options. And generally pay up wide receiver doesn't really work out, but I still think that Devontae Adams is too cheap. I think you should play Devontae Adams. I talked about the best matchup uh, when you go to ftndaily.com and look at those wide receiver and cornerback projections. It's Devontae Adams. So he's going to be super highly owned, as is DeAndre Hopkins, as is Julio, as is Amari Cooper, and as is Michael Gallup. You want the pivot play? Tyreek Hill is going to be like 2% owned. It's a tough matchup against the Chargers, who have probably the two best corners in the league as a tandem, but Tyreek Hill is a slate breaker. We know that. And if you can get him at super low ownership, he's a guy who can go post 45 DraftKings points. It's risky to do it because the other options look so safe on paper, and he doesn't. But he's still Tyreek Hill. He's his big playability breaks slates. And a low-owned Tyreek Hill is usually the time you want to go in on Tyreek Hill. Uh, the other two pivots in the 6K range that people don't seem to be on in plus matchups, uh, you have DJ Moore, who everyone's just kind of off of now, which is kind of weird, and Juju. I have projected at less than 5% ownership uh, in a really good matchup against the Broncos, like I mentioned. No A.J. Boye. Uh, the Steelers passing game, uh, people like Deontay Johnson, Deontay Johnson because he's cheap but Juju and Ben make very quality pivots right now tight end uh it's pretty simple if people are paying up they're using Mark Andrews if they're paying down they are using Logan Thomas in a really nice spot against the Cardinals or Chris Herndon who I talked about earlier there's not a whole lot of pivots to be perfectly honest with you you could go with Dalton Schultz who reeks in that Cowboys Falcons game just hopefully he stands in the end zone uncovered because everyone else is covered it's not crazy to think about Blake Jarwin is out for the season with the ACL Dalton Schultz is gonna be on the field Mo Ali Cox now should get an incredible amount of run in that game uh how many targets he's gonna get no idea but he should be standing on the field which is always nice to hear uh, I guess those would be the two guys that you could go to but I don't know Logan Thomas seems really safe Herndon seems really safe but again they're they're chalk cheap tight ends that doesn't have the best history of working out just throwing that out there QBs it's two guys Kyler who I love Dak who I can get away from if I want to that's where people are going everyone else is essentially a pivot at that point because they're all less than 10% owned do the stacks that you want this week don't worry about that at defense you are looking at no one projected above 12% ownership right now the Rams would be the highest against the Eagles I actually like the other side of that game I like the Eagles defense at home I like the Eagles I like the Colts at home against the Vikings and I like the Dolphins down at $2,100 if you're looking for a punt so I mean Josh, Josh Allen's gonna do something stupid uh, so he's just gonna hand you the ball twice so there's four points uh, he's gonna take some sacks because he runs around a little bit the problem with the Dolphins is that they just, the Bills just might not pass all that much, and you really want passing volume against if you want a high-scoring defense. So the Eagles are, have switched back to be favorites. They opened the week as favorites. It switched over to the Rams being favorites. It's back with the Eagles being favorites at this point. I just think it's going to be a close game. If you can get Jared Goff to pass the ball 35 times, uh, the Eagles create a tremendous amount of pressure, eighth in pressure since the beginning of last season sixth in adjusted sack rate last week so you're looking at a situation where you, then you have jared goff who under pressure bottom five and touchdown rate top five and in interception rate that's what you want when you're playing a fantasy defense against and people are just like pissed off the eagles anyway no one's using them uh they're probably my favorite leverage play in low owned defense i'm just gonna load up on them 
and the Colts and use a sprinkle of the Dolphins and hope Josh Allen throws the ball backwards 800 yards because he might. Uh, and that's where I'm going with defense this week. You can find my cheat sheet up on DKPlaybook.com right now. You can find all of the other shows in the description of this video. Please smash the like button to the episode if you're watching the video version. And if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, please go rate it five stars. Feeling generous? Leave a review. I will be back Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern time with Brad Evans live Sunday morning, taking your questions, breaking down the props, breaking down the bets and all of the latest injury news to get you set up for your lineups for week two. All right. I'm Pat Mayo. Good luck this week. I'll see you next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.